Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Church, I'm going to ask you a question this morning. I'd like to sing that song one more time. And I'm going to ask that if you feel so compelled to come up here and get on bended knee because we have to come and adore Him. Church, do we realize what we are celebrating this weekend and Monday and Tuesday? The birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, came for you and I so that we could have a joy unspeakable, a joy so great that we can't even understand it in the times and trials that we may be going through. So church, I'm going to ask you to join me up here. If the Lord's compelling you to come and adore Him this morning. Come and adore Him this morning. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For His mercies endure forever. His mercy endures forever. I called on the Lord in distress and the Lord answered me. And He set me in a broad place and the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me and He is here to help me. We worship you. This morning, the Lord is bringing joy to this church. He is bringing joy to each and every one of us. A joy that is unspeakable. A joy that is so glorious. So wonderful. That makes everything else seem to fade away. Father, we receive that joy today. We receive that joy today. If that's you, just raise your hand and receive that joy today. Receive that joy today. Receive it today. Thank you, Jesus. We give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. Oh, we come and we adore you. We bow before you and we worship you. Our risen King, 
the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Jesus, we worship You. We worship You. Thank You, Father. Thank You, Father. Lord, You are good, and You do good, and Your mercies endure forever. Lord, You are good, and You do good, and Your mercies endure forever. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Just continue to worship just for another minute or two with me. Thank You, Father. We adore You. We love You. We praise You. We thank You for joy unspeakable every day of this holiday season and thereafter. Thank You for Your joy. We praise You and we worship You. We love You and we adore You. In Your precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, church, I'm glad you're here this morning. Turn around and greet somebody. Take your time and find your seats. Good morning, church. How are we doing? Good. Well, Pastor and Pam, we love you guys. And I've had the honor for a couple years in a row now being able to present to you guys a beautiful Christmas gift on behalf of the congregation. So if you guys could come up here. Give them a hand as they come up. You guys are such an example to us. We love you guys. You have taught us so well. You have modeled to us so well what it means to be followers of Christ. You have created many disciples, including me. And I appreciate that greatly. My family appreciates you guys. And so on behalf of the entire congregation, Merry Christmas. Give it to her. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's more than a card. Thank you so much. It's more than a card. Thank you. Thank you, guys. We are so blessed to have Pastor Jason. You know, I don't know. Amen. And uh, I don't don't know how many times we've told our story. You know, it's... uh, People are very interested in in God's miracle working power. In fact, tomorrow, Christmas Eve, in uh, the hometown that I grew up in, which is uh, the area where I had my incident, uh, they're having a feature article. uh, They had called the the, uh, hospital, wondering if they had any... Miracle Christmas stories that they could highlight. And the uh, chaplain says, have I got one for you? So we're excited. It's going to be in tomorrow's paper. Awesome. And, um, but I, here's what I want to say, is that our church never missed a beat. Uh, our, our leadership team here, Pastor Jason, I, you know, we've told the story on a number of times. Every day, yeah. Within 10 minutes of Pam's phone call, there were people here praying, and that's why I'm standing here today, and because, 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 you know, we're not ashamed of the gospel. You know, this was so lovely this morning that we were able to come and to kneel and worship at the altar, 
You know, we're not afraid of being who we are and first and foremost giving all the glory to God. And, uh, and when he receives that kind of honor and recognition, we see his power and his strength manifest in our midst. And so thank you for, for leading us, and uh, we're excited as we go into this new year. Thank Merry, you, Merry congregation, Christmas. for the wonderful gift. <clears throat> Appreciate you. I can help you down if you want. I'm staying up here. Yes, I do offer it. I'm not going anywhere. All right. Well, we're going to continue to honor the Lord today. What a sweet spirit there is here this morning. I mean, wow. And we get to do this again tomorrow night too, huh? That's, that's wonderful. Let me just encourage us as we, as we continue to worship. Uh, John seventeen twenty two. what a powerful scripture this is. And of course, Jesus is speaking in this passage And he said, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them. He's praying to the Father, and he says, Father, you know, the glory that you gave to me, I've shared. I've given it to them. And in my devotion this morning, I I read this, and I thought it would be the most appropriate to, to share at offering time. He did not give us a tithe of his possessions. He gave us all. It would have been surprising grace if he had allowed us to eat the crumbs of his bounty beneath the table of his mercy. But he does nothing by halves. He makes us sit with him and share his feast. He has given us, he, uh, had he given us some small pension from his royal coffers, We should have had cause to love him eternally. But no, he will have his bride as rich as himself. And he will not have a glory or a grace in which she shall not share. He has not not been content with less than making us joint heirs with himself so that we might have equal possessions. Isn't that powerful? Hallelujah. Father, this morning as we continue to worship you through our giving, today, Father, we thank you that you have not withheld, but you have given to us of your best. And Lord, thank you that together, Lord, you know the assignment that you gave to us almost 40 years ago when you said, move to Erie, become established and build a great church. God, we're not doing this alone. We're partnering with you. And as we partner with you in reaching lives, there's so many hungry people that are lost. And we are light. We're talking about light. So, Lord, thank you that our light shines brightly. Lord, you add to the intensity of it and the brightness of it. And it testifies, the light declares in so many ways that God is good and that he's faithful and that he meets every need in our life. For that, we give you the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, I didn't give you the opportunity. If you need an offering envelope and you did not receive one, if you'll um, stretch your hand up and one of the ushers will come by. If you don't have time to fill it out, just put zeros, put a bunch of zeros. They'll fill in the rest of it. 
on there. And it's all going to be well. Amen. Amen. God with us. How many of you are excited you came to church today? I'm excited. Are we ready for God's word? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come to you, oh, in just a spirit of adoration to you, who you are and what you've done. We worship you this morning. Father, we adore you this morning. Father, as we hear your word, let us be transformed. Father, let our minds be transformed. Let our minds be renewed. Let hope rise within us. And let that joy unspeakable fill our hearts and our minds and go before us in everything that we do. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay. Uh, if you want to turn to uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. We're going to continue the series called Let There Be Light. Let there be light. How many know that Jesus is the light of the world? Yes. Amen? Jesus is the light of the world. He came down to bring us light. And we just want to honor him today. We want to talk about Jesus. We want to talk about the name of Jesus. And we want to see a little bit more about what Jesus did while he was on this earth. What did Jesus do when he was on this earth? And what can we learn from that? And what nature of God and what nature of Jesus can we discern based on the word of God and seeing what Jesus has done? So the series is called Let There Be Light. And you see... What we have to understand is we cannot have authority without Jesus. We can't have it. He came and defeated the enemy on our behalf to take the authority that we as a humankind, as mankind, gave to the enemy. And when he defeated Satan, he took it back. And he has given us the amazing ability to be able to use that authority. And we get to use that authority in the name of Jesus. And it's a wonderful, beautiful name. In Genesis 1-3, it says, And God said, Let there be light. He spoke it. Let there be light. John 3-16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave us light. He gave us his son. He gave us everything that we need. All things that pertain to life. All things that pertain to godliness. He gave. On that day that we are about to celebrate Christmas Day. He gave it all. What pastor said it was amazing. It's not the, it was, wasn't the crumbs, it wasn't the tithe, it, was, it was everything. He gave us everything. Everything. In John 8, 12, it says, And Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. You know, church, we are seeing amazing testimonies happen. And last Sunday, we prayed for those uh, who had physical needs in their body. And I got a text later on in the week that somebody was miraculously healed right here Sunday morning when we laid hands on them and prayed for them. Maybe I didn't say it. Maybe, Maybe you guys didn't hear it. When we prayed for somebody right here last Sunday, they were miraculously healed right here. 
And I just really felt as I was praying this morning that Hammett and St. Vincent, they shall be put on notice that the healing power of our Lord Jesus Christ is moving in our midst. Church, not just here, I'm saying in Erie. It is moving in our midst. A revival of healing is beginning again, and it's starting. And we have, we have a walking, living, breathing miracle right here. And Pam has said many a times when we go to church and they talk about they say, this is Erie's miracle. <clears throat> yeah, it's this church's miracle, but it's Erie's miracle. And God's supernatural power is moving in this area, and more and more and more healings are coming in the name of Jesus. Okay, so those who work at the hospital, those who are doctors and nurses, this is a good thing. I get it. It's going to be a little empty at some point. It's going to be a little empty, but this is a good thing because your heart is really to see people healed and whole. So, Dr. Carey, I see you walking over there. I thought he was going to leave on me. I said, yeah. All right. Thanks, Jason. No more work for me, yeah? No, doctors are amazing. God has, God has given us science. He has absolutely given us ways that we can help people. But I'm telling you, God also has a supernatural healing power that's available to us today. And we're going to continue to walk in it. We're going to continue to see more of it. We're going to continue to build our faith up as a church. And church, I'm telling you, when you guys go out, they're, they're going to be talking to you about, hey, what's going on? What is going on? Talk to me about that. And you're going to be able to share testimonies, not just of what you've seen others, but what has happened in your own life. Because that's the testimony that means the most. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Jesus constantly says, not constantly, he says it a couple times, when he heals somebody, he says, well, don't go tell anybody. Don't go, like all these people are there, well, just don't go tell anybody. I'm always like, why does he do that? Why does he do that? Well, he's humble. But I really believe in my heart. Because when that person now walks out, they can't help but begin to tell people. And when you hear of a miracle, you're like, wow, that's pretty amazing. But when you are the miracle, when what God has done in your life, it is absolutely amazing. Come on, church. Absolutely amazing. You know, pastor goes out to Walmart and people want to touch him. The hem of your garment, maybe. They want to touch him because they're like, oh my gosh, this is a walking, living miracle. They may have heard about it, but when they see you, when they see the actual testimony, is when they just, their faith begins to rise up and say, hey, that can be for me as well. So more and more, I'm telling you, more and more healings and miracles will occur in Erie. And as we go out, more and more people will see it. And it's going to be like a multiplication of God's healing power and touch in this town. Amen? Amen. So the light that illuminates the path is Jesus. You know, church, we have to choose to turn the light on. When you walk into a room and it's completely dark, if you would like some light to be there, what do you have to do? You've got to turn on the light. You've got to flip the switch. You have to turn on the light. And what happens when that light comes on? Immediately darkness, gone. Immediately it's gone. Church, we have to choose in our own hearts to turn on that light. 
and to say, you know what? I believe. I believe I can receive healing. I believe God has finances for me and every bill is paid. I believe that my relationship is restored. I believe that my marriage is healthy and whole and prosperous. You have to turn that light on. You have to choose to flip the switch. Because when darkness is there, it's not going to leave unless you do something. And when we speak the name of Jesus, when we take authority and we say, in the name of Jesus, Jesus just said he was light. So if you say Jesus, what are you saying? You're saying light to my situation. And when you say light to a situation, darkness can no longer remain. It can no longer remain. And our enemy is darkness. But when we say the name of Jesus, light. Light happens. So last week we talked a little bit about how Jesus kind of got the authority. Adam sinned. God sent his son, which we're celebrating here at Christmas. We talked about all the prophecies, not all of them, but we said that there are so many prophecies that Jesus fulfilled, it absolutely was mind-blowing. Like, boggles your mind, probability-wise, how one man could come and fulfill prophecies that were told hundreds and hundreds of years before by multiple people on multiple continents in multiple times, in multiple, almost, languages. I mean, it's unbelievable. It just really blows your mind. And we talked about how he overcame temptation from the enemy, how he exercised his authority, how he showed us how to remain in the spirit and to walk in love, how he died on the cross, rose from the dead with the keys. Church, he's got the keys. So he's got the keys to put them in the wall and turn that switch and it's ready to go. All we have to do is flip it and say, let's go. Let's turn it on. He's got the keys, everything that we need. And we looked at John 14. And we talked about how God wants to, wants to see us healed through John 14. Well, this morning I want to talk a little bit, before I get to Mark 5, I know I asked you to turn there, about the authority of the name of Jesus. Can we talk about that just for a couple minutes? The authority of the name of Jesus. Jesus' name carries power and authority. And if I could just keep saying that over and over and over until our church gets it so much it still probably won't be enough yet. I want each and every one of you to understand Jesus' name carries power and authority. Philippians 2.9 says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Jesus' name is above every name. How did Jesus get that name? He got his name three ways. Number one, he got it by obedience. Philippians 2, 9 through 11 says, Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and those on earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Church, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. What an exciting time that we live in. Number two, he got it by inheritance. Hebrews 1.4 says, Having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance, obtained a more excellent name. That is the name of Jesus. It is more excellent. It is above every other name. 
And he got his name by conquest. In Ephesians 1, 17 through 21 says, And that God, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory of his inheritance in the saints. And that what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us, towards me, towards you, those that believe, according to the working of his mighty power. And when did that mighty power come? Which he worked in Christ when he did what? When he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of heavenly places, far above all principalities, power, and might. We have the ability to use the name of Jesus. So I want to look a little bit about the names of Jesus in the Bible. And I'm not going to ask you to turn to each one of those, but I'm just going to say them. And as I say them, I just want you to listen. This is defining who Jesus is. These are the names that both the Old Testament and the New Testament say about the name of Jesus. Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Prince of Peace. Everlasting Father. Emmanuel, God with us. The Son of God. The Prophet. The Savior. The Word made flesh. The Lamb of God. Master Teacher, Christ. Jesus also spoke and talked about names in which he was fulfilling was called the door. Church, he is the door. He is the entryway to all that we need. He is the door. He is the good shepherd. He is the light. He is the vine. And he is the Alpha and Omega. You see, church, the name of Jesus is a beautiful, wonderful gift. Now, we're about to give gifts at Christmas to show others that we love them and we care about them. And a gift that I'm believing for, now my wife is not feeling that well today, and she is healed in the name of Jesus, so she's probably watching on Facebook Live, so baby, this is probably a little too late to get this gift for me, but I'm going to just let you know what I was thinking about maybe having. It's the new Apple TV. Now I say that because what I want to do with that Apple TV is I want to put on the BVOVN, the Believer's Voice of Victory Network, and I just want to play it all the time because I want God's Word to be in my house and in my home. And so I can't get it on the Apple TV I currently have. But guess what, church? If I happen to get that for Christmas... Which I'm not saying I saw any box or anything. I do take a lot of the Amazon boxes in the house. So, you know, you you know when you get them, you know, if you're not sure what's in them, you do a little, right? So my little guy, he loves Legos. He's like, Dad, shake that box. Dad, shake that box. I'm like, Jairus, I'm not going to shake the box. He's like, I want to know if there's Legos in there. (laughs) Right? Because you can kind of hear. Anyway, I'm sorry. I totally digress. But if I got that gift... And I never plugged it in. And I never turned it on. And I never put on the word of God to stream through my Spectrum TV internet into my home through my speakers. What good is it? What good is it if we don't use it? So church, the same is the name of Jesus. 
What good is it if it's just sitting there, a beautiful gift that we never open? And when we open it and we just look at it and say, oh, that's so nice. How beautiful that design is of that new Apple TV. Oh, it's so sleek. It looks so nice. But you never turn it on. Church, we too often just look at the beautiful gift that's been given to us and then we don't use it. So church, at Christmas, how about we all use the gift that has been given to us at Christmas, which is the name of Jesus. Can we do that this Christmas season? Let's use the name of Jesus over every circumstance, over every situation that we face in our life. You know, the Bible says we can use the name of Jesus in prayer. We can use the name of Jesus to cast out demons. We can use the name of Jesus to minister healing. All of these things are available to us. We can use the name of Jesus. Here's an example that, uh, that Liz, my wife, shared with me last week, and it was really good, and I wanted to share it with you, so I'm giving her the credit for this. And, you know, we live in a land that has laws, do we not? There's some laws that are out there. And one of the laws basically says is you cannot just come into my house if you're not invited in, right? That's breaking, you can't just come into my house. You can't just walk in. I mean, maybe one of my kids opens the doors and lets you in, right? I'm saying barring that, you know, breaking in through a window, coming in through the basement. Hold on a second, time out. The law says you can't do that. But does that actually stop everybody from doing it? It doesn't. So just because there are things set up in the spiritual realm that says, you know what, the enemy can't be here, the enemy can't do this, the enemy still tries to come in. And sometimes we leave a door open, sometimes we leave a window open of sin, sometimes we're doing something in our life that allows the enemy to come in. And we say, whoa, 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 time out. I'm on the phone now. There's somebody in my house that's not supposed to be here. And so what am I doing? I'm calling the authorities. Are you? Right? We're calling it. Hey, hold on a second. There's someone in my house. And we're doing a little 911 dial. Say, hey, time out. Authorities are coming. And guess what happens? That person has to go. And just like in the spiritual realm, we can call on the name of Jesus and say, excuse me, the enemy has come in and he is messing with me and he has to go. And he says, well, just use my name, because it's a beautiful gift I've already given you. And you say, in the name of Jesus, be gone. And the enemy has to flee. The Bible says it. Has to go. Doesn't have a choice. Every knee shall bow at the name of Jesus. Gone. Enemy comes at you one way, he flees in seven ways. That's right. Well, that's pretty ugly, man. If somebody came in one way and they had to leave seven ways... You talk about the power of the Lord. Has to go seven ways. So what a beautiful example that is. So Mark chapter 5. You ready? I'm going to get there eventually. Mark chapter 5. And we're going to start in verse 21. But I'm going to just briefly give you the story that's leading up to Mark 21. And the story before Mark 21 is the healing of the demon-possessed man. This man had an unclean spirit... And Jesus spoke, again, he spoke to the issue and said, come out of the man, unclean spirit. He said, come out. Someone's in your house, get out. 
In the name of Jesus. We have the ability to take authority. Jesus gave them permission to leave the man and go where? Into the pigs. Interestingly enough, they had asked for permission to go into the pigs. It's like, holy cow, even the demons say, oh, please, if, just, I know I have to go. I know, they already know the authority before he even said go. They are already trembling, going, oh my goodness, a revelation, Jesus is coming, and I have to go. So can I please go just into the pigs? Jesus is like, sure, go ahead. Bam, and they have to go. Thousands of them. Then you know they, off the cliff, right? No good. Seven ways, they're, they're going down. So here's what's interesting, is the man then wanted to go with Jesus, and he says, no. No, don't come along with me. And what did the man do? He started sharing his testimony. So we have an example of an evangelist. Church, last I checked, he was demon-possessed, and then he became an evangelist. I didn't see a theological background. I didn't see him going through 5 to 10, 20 years of education before he says, I can start sharing what God has done for me. No, he started the very next day. Church, we can share right now, today, tonight, tomorrow, at Christmas, what God has done for us. It is a wonderful opportunity that's right in front of us. We can share it. Verse 21, you ready? And now Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side. A great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and he saw him, he fell at his feet, and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come, lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. You see, Jairus decided he needed a miracle in his life, and the only thing that he could go do is find Jesus. He had to find Jesus. And before I go any further, I just want to bring to your attention that if you read out of the King James Version, and you look at where the underscore translation is, it says, they they don't say Jairus, which is we say, they say Jairus. Now church, I'm just asking you now that because I'm here, Jairus is no longer the pronunciation of how we say this name in the Bible. Church, are you ready? We say Jairus. Come on church, Jairus. Okay, I laugh because those that know, we do have a son and his name is Jairus. So we're just trying to get everybody on the same page of what to say. Got it? Okay. Now, if you go somewhere else, you can say Jairus, whatever you want, but it's Jairus here when you walk in here, okay? But what Jairus did is he fell on his knees. And if you look at what the name Jairus actually means, it says the one who is enlightened. Jairus was enlightened, so much so that he knew only one could help him. He was a church ruler, he was in the synagogue, he was a leader. They were rejecting Jesus, but what, he, what did he know? He had to go find the healer. His name means enlightened one. Church, parents, grandparents, what you speak over your children, they will eventually become. We speak Jairus' name over him. 
enlightened one. As we say his name, we are speaking that to him. We call him a beautiful boy. And each one of our children, church, we say things to. And what we had realized is over the course of time, I'm digressing a little bit, but I feel like we need to share this this morning, that we had a few of our children who were maybe a little more difficult than some of the others. And we found ourselves saying different things about them. They're difficult. Boy, they make a lot of trouble. All these, And what we found is the more we said it, the more they began to fulfill the very thing that we were speaking over them. And so church, as we shifted and began to say, I guess I'm going to give it up here, Sweet Eva, we didn't see Sweet Eva yet. You see, church, you have to speak in faith of what you see in the future over your children, over your grandchildren, over your spouses. You need to speak what you are believing for and what you're seeing, not what you're physically seeing, but what you're believing to see. And I'll tell you what, church, of all of our children, we have a sweet Eva. And the Lord just reminded is as you begin to say it, you begin laying the groundwork. And you're speaking into existence that which you do not currently see. And we need to do that with our children with our grandchildren, with our spouses, with every situation that we face in life. Begin to speak the word of God over it. What does God's word say about this situation? And use that as the word that then now begins to describe the situation that's happening. Side note. Back to Jairus. The posture, his posture was someone who was in need of a miracle. He fell before the Lord. Seeking, falling on his knees. It was an act of faith for him to be there. He was hungry for a miracle. How many of you are hungry for a miracle in your life today? Church, come on. How many of you are hungry for a miracle? There's one place you need to go, and that's Jesus. Jairus fell at the feet of Jesus and said, only you can help me. Church, I'm telling you this morning, you need a miracle, you fall at the feet of Jesus because he is the only one that can help you. Jairus put his faith in Jesus and only Jesus. He understood that Jesus was the healer. And what was he doing? He was seeking first the kingdom of God. When we seek first the kingdom of God, all these things are added to us. Verse 24 So Jesus went with him, and the great multitude followed him and thronged him. What is thronged? It means it's like a densely packed crowd. People are just densely packed around him. So this is what I find interesting. Jairus brought his request, and what does it say? He immediately left to go to Jairus' house. He left right away. Church, you don't have to beg and wait around for Jesus to move on your behalf. You don't have to wait around and beg. You have to say at one time, Jesus, I need you. In this situation, Jesus immediately begins moving. Now, the daughter wasn't healed the moment he started moving towards him, but the miracle was now in process. The miracle steps now began to take place as he began going towards Jairus' house. You see that, church? 
He fell at his knees. There was, I don't know, it doesn't say how many people were thronging him. Sounds pretty, not very fun. But he's got all these people around him. He says, well, you need to go to your house? Let's go. And everybody started going with him. Immediately, Jesus left and went with him. You know, Jesus is willing to drop everything to come help you. Because he sits at the right hand of the Father, interceding on your behalf, waiting for you to take that care and cast it to him. Verse 25. So while they're moving here, a certain woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years, she had a problem for 12 years, and had suffered many things from many physicians. Sorry. (laughs) Suffered many things from many physicians. I'm just... Sorry. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, when she heard about Jesus, church, are we hearing about Jesus? When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Uh Uh-oh, what happened? For she said, church, we need to say what we are believing for. We need to speak the issue and what God is going to go do for us. What did she say? If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. She spoke it. This woman had an issue of blood for 12 years, but when she heard, when she heard, she knew Jesus was the only hope. And she spoke exactly what she needed. If I can only touch his clothes, I could be made whole. And the interesting part of this is how many people were actually touching him as he was walking. We just said he was being thronged. I mean, there was people all over him. But one person had the faith and spoke into existence something that was not yet manifest in the physical realm and said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. Church, we just need a touch from Jesus, and we will be made whole. Immediately, verse 29, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. So I find this very interesting. Number one, immediately she was healed. I also find it interesting that a miracle occurred on the way to another miracle. They, what do you say? Where were they? They were going to Jairus' house. And we're about to see another miracle at Jairus' house, but on the way to that miracle, another miracle has occurred. And so when we, church, when we are believing and we're saying, in faith, I see this miracle occurring in my life, do you know what begins to happen? It's other things begin to align in our life and miracles start to occur and it starts to become commonplace in our life that things are beginning fulfilled and things begin to come where they need to be in alignment in our lives. So one miracle happened on the way to another miracle. In verse 30, And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said, oh no, come on. You see the multitude thronging you? Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell before him and told him the whole truth. And she said, and he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. 
Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now I want to take a moment and talk about that real quick. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. In the Amplified, it says, continue in peace and be permanently healed. Continue in peace so you can be permanently healed. You know when the God's healing touch power comes on your life and you see a manifestation and your symptoms begin to change? Do you know that the enemy is going to try to bring symptoms back onto you? And you're going to be like, well, I still have that pain. What God's saying here is walk in peace. Don't walk in fear. Continue to say, no, 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 no. That healing is mine. I have that healing. I continue to receive that healing. It's already done. And I will continue to walk in peace, and I will be permanently healed. And at some point, that healing manifestation is absolutely, perfectly complete. Verse 35, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house and said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Some of you might be saying, you know what? It's too late. It's too late. I'm too far gone. The issue is too big. My problem is too big for Jesus to take care of. I don't think so. As soon as Jesus heard that word was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. See, the world will come in and say, you're too gone. I'm sorry. It's not working. There's no way Jesus is going to help you in your situation. Boy, did you mess up. Boy, did you screw things up here. But what does Jesus say? I don't think so. Don't be afraid. Only believe. Jesus understood that when we hear over and over, we begin to believe. And when we start thinking and looking at the facts of our situation, we begin to believe the facts of our situation. And church, what we need to do is start looking at what the Word of God says about our situation and start dwelling and focusing on that and building our faith on that and everything else begins to fade away. So Jesus understood this principle, so he's like, Jairus, no, 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 don't listen to that. No, no, they're saying she's dead. No, 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 don't listen to that. Just listen. Don't be afraid. She's going to be made whole. Church, the situation you're going through, don't be afraid. Jesus is resolving your situation. Jesus is resolving your situation. He understood that. We cannot live that way looking at the facts and circumstances. Russ, if you want to come up here. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult. This is a loud, confused noise, confusion made by a large mass of people. And those who wept and wailed Loudly. What I find interesting there in verse 37 is he only took Peter, James, and John with him. He only took along people that believed. Church, we can have friendships, we can influence other people, but when you begin to have friendships that are influencing you not to believe, you need to start thinking about where those friends are. And you can love them, you can care for them. But when you're on this journey of faith and you're walking through a very difficult situation, you want to surround yourself with people who are in alignment with God's word and believing what you're believing for in a situation. When we need a miracle, we need to surround ourselves with people that agree with us. And when he came in, he said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? The child's not dead, but sleeping. 
And they ridiculed him. And then he put them all outside. Get out. You're not going to believe in faith? Then I don't want you here. Get out. And he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was laying. You see, Jairus saw the miracle of the woman with the issue of blood. If you remember, he was there because it was on the way to his house that that other miracle occurred. And so Jairus was like, you know what? I do believe. I do believe. And he took the child by the hand and said to her, Tathia Kumai, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked. For she was 12 years of age. And they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it. And said that something should be given to her to eat. You see, church, when Jesus comes into our situation, immediately it begins to change. Whether we see it manifesting immediately or not, it immediately begins to change. That healing process began when Jairus went and went on his knees and said, Jesus, I need you. Church, we kneeled here this morning, many of us, before him. And I'm asking that that same posture through this holiday season that we get on our knees before him and say every situation I'm dealing with, everything that I'm facing with, Jesus, by his name, Jesus. So church, with every eye closed and every head bowed, If you're here today and you say, there is a situation in my life and I need Jesus. I need Him today to begin to transform this situation in my life. I just want you to slip your hand up. Who is that here this morning? Anybody else? I see lots of hands. Be bold this morning. Just leave your hand up while I pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the precious name of Jesus. We thank you that as we call on your name, darkness must flee. And so we speak the name of Jesus over every situation that is represented by these hands that are lifted up. We say, in Jesus' name, darkness must flee. In Jesus' name, the enemy must go. In Jesus' name, lives are restored. Relationships are restored. Physical bodies are restored. Doors are opening now that need opened. 
and doors are closing now that need closed. And Father, we thank you for the ability to use the name of Jesus. And we just speak the blood of Jesus over every situation, everything that concerns us. We thank you, Father, for who you are, for what you've done. And Father, may we just humbly be on our knees this Christmas season, coming to adore you, just like Jairus was dropping at his knees. Let us fall to our knees this Christmas season and worship you and glorify you and praise you. And we thank you now for every miracle that is occurring in our life. Every miracle that's occurring, even as I speak, we thank you that it's happening in Jesus' precious, mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen. I'll leave you with this, Luke 2. And an angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all the people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Amen? Amen. Church, Merry Christmas. We'll see you tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Small group leaders will be coming up. If you need any prayer in your life, Maybe you raised your hand up and said, I'd like someone just to agree with me in prayer. You may come up front here and we'll have some small group leaders ready to pray. Otherwise, you are dismissed. Merry Christmas. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org where you may sign up to receive our monthly faith communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today. And always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.